Hey, y'all, before we get started, are you following me on Instagram? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I've already looked you up. I already know. But it's okay. All you got to do is go to Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on the IG. Slide into my DMs. Let me know you found me from the show. And say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that is at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on IG. There is no higher calling than the thing that you were designed to do. That comes from today's guest, Jeremy Slagle. Today, we're talking about understanding and valuing your unique contribution. I've always felt in my spirit. I was born with several qualities. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome, welcome. Today we have on Jeremy Slagle, who is an award-winning graphic designer with over 25 years of experience. His success as a design entrepreneur has led him turning into his knowledge into tangible guidance and advice on how to turn a side hustle into a dream job. Man, Jeremy and I, we just kind of went deep here on today's episode. We started talking about a variety of deeper uh, issues with building a creative business, going the creative path, including managing your expectations, being very clear on what you want, how to balance working one-on-one with clients and in your business versus on your business and understanding your calling through your creative work. And I titled this Understanding and Valuing Your Contribution because I think that's my main takeaway from this conversation, whether it be a book that you're wanting to write or a business selling postcards or you're a musician or heck, you're building an app, whatever it may be, understanding that whatever excites you, what brings you joy, what you're really good at was placed there for a reason. And sometimes we're super hard on that because we're comparing ourselves to other people like, well, man, Johnny over here, he's a Kung Fu Panda. And I wish I was that instead of understanding that there is value, there is impact, there is a greater contribution by us just leaning fully into who we were uniquely designed to be. But I'm going to let Jeremy go a little deeper with y'all because he says it so, so well. Make sure you connect with him over at slagledesign.com. That is linked in the show notes. And before we get started, if you're new here, if you consider yourself to be an ambitious, creative, and unconventional leader, I invite you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. And if you enjoy it, would you, would you leave us an honest review? We've been giving shout outs of reviews over on Fridays, Fidget Fridays. So thank you for supporting us in that way. Let's go ahead and get into this understanding and valuing your unique contribution with Jeremy Slayton. I appreciate you calling me awesome after only talking with me for eight minutes. You get a vibe. I've talked to enough people. You you get a vibe that they're, you know, in tune with themselves and a certain energy state. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. But for those who've never heard of Jeremy Slagle and don't know about your, you know, award-winning graphic design agency, how do you get to where you're at right now? 
Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the things I would say before I get started is everybody has a different understanding of where they want to be. You know, Art. for some people, it's like, I want to build this giant thing that someday I can sell and retire off the money that I sell. Um, sometimes people, you know, want to be solopreneurs. I'm, I'm more along the solopreneur side. Yeah, it's pretty much me. Uh, and then my wife helps with quite a bit of the work that we do as far as the financial side of stuff. She's, she's the left brain to my right brain. And so we're, we're super compatible. Uh, she's the mathlete in the family. She keeps me away, far away from taxes and, and numbers <laughs> because you don't want me around taxes and numbers. Right. Yeah. My husband's the same so, way. Yeah. So, uh, she, so she's just a super, super supportive, really, really uh, amazing. We've been married for 23 years next week. And um, congrats on that. Real quick. Thank you. Real quick. 23 years being a creative human, married to somebody's little opposite. What's your main takeaway? What have you learned? Well, you'd, Becky's creative in her own way, you know, whether it's the way that we decorate the house or, you know, yeah. she, it's not like she's like super left brain. She has, she's definitely creative and has, has good, good aesthetics. I mean, she picked me, right? So I guess that's worth saying something. It, it's been amazing. I, I've been married for 23 years and haven't regretted a day of my super decision. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. We're about to hit 10 Thank years. You. So I'm super interested in like, because we've gotten to that point where like, okay, yeah, this is real. This is, I mean, I feel like we're yeah. just really getting to a vibe. Yeah. That sounds weird after 10 years, but now I'm like, all right, what does it really take to go to the next level with marriage and business and all of that? Well, just to go back to the conversation, the question you asked me earlier is, what does it mean to have a successful marriage? I think in the same way that I, you know, am trying to preface what it means to have a successful business is what are your expectations? Like, what do you expect to get out of, out of your business or what do you expect to get out of your marriage? I think, I think that's what a lot of life is about, right? Like, it, you know, either you have expectations and you meet them or you have expectations and you don't. But, uh, you know, for me, I'm very, very happy, very happily married. And, but I will also say that it takes work. It's not easy. But if, you know, if my expectations were something else, whether it be business wise or whatever, I might be completely discontent <laughs> with where I am. So there's a lot of people that would be in my, that I know that are in my shoes, which is small business. I've been doing this for 12 years. I work out of an addition to my house and I love my life. I absolutely love my life. But that wish that they had that agency, they wish that they had all the employees or they wish that they had a bigger podium to stand at or, or what have you. And uh, I've just... I'm just content with, with where I am. I'm just super happy. And, you know, when people say, where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, right where I am right now. I'm perfectly You know how cool that, that is? How many people can say that? Not, not a lot. I, I read in your bio that you identified as a creative wonder kid. <laughs> you were into drawing and designing even as a child. What were your expectations back then? Oh, I didn't even know that I could make a career about out of it back then. I just did it for the joy of doing it. It wasn't till I got to high school and somebody introduced me to, to graphic design that I actually realized that I could do something with it. You know, I thought I, I maybe I'll be an architect or an engineer. I, you know, something I, I also loved like taking things apart and putting things back together again. Uh, when my dad would buy bikes for me or my sisters for Christmas, he had no idea how to put them together. Like, I, I love my dad, but he and tools don't get along real well. But my brain works that way. Like I can see things and how they fit together. And so, I, you know, I, th I had thought about like real jobs, like real career type things like, like that. And then a, a friend of mine introduced me to graphic design. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do this and make a living doing this, like drawing to a certain extent. Um, 
and I was I was in. So, Where but that wasn't until high, high school. school. So after high school, did you study that in college, or did you immediately go to work doing that? Uh, so uh, while I was in high school, I was also really involved in a theater program at our school, and I. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you learn so much. Both my kids are in theater. Don't get um, me started. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would take every opportunity I had to make the posters for the theater production. You know, I, I was acting in it. I was helping build the set. I would do the posters to put around school, uh, the, the theater t-shirts, you know, and all that stuff. So in the process, like I'm designing something that goes on a t-shirt. Well, I need to learn how to take that art and give it to a screen printing company so they can actually print the sweatshirts or the t-shirts, you know? And so I just learned as I went, uh, by the time I got out of high school, I had done probably a dozen, maybe not quite a dozen, maybe eight or nine school plays that, um, so I had all the artwork from all of those. I, wow. we didn't have in a whole school. lot of money. So you were very driven yeah. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even when, when I was in, even back into middle school, I lived in California when I was in middle school and, um, the youth pastor in my in my church group saw that in me and so like he would bring me in and roll out these giant rolls of butcher paper and say like all right here are all the activities that are happening this summer we're going to do this retreat where we're going to go overnight and then we're going to do this thing on the weekend and i would make these giant banner posters and they would go all the way around the room where our youth group would meet to kind of like advertise the events that were coming out that summer and i school. just loved it in middle school. That's yeah. Nice. I had these giant paint markers and I, and you know, I didn't think a lot about it except that somebody wanted me to do that and they saw that in me. So I ended up taking that high school portfolio and a friend of mine uh, who was a photographer took some photos of some of my classmates wearing the sweaters and I put, put it a portfolio with it next to the poster. Um, and I just kind of put a portfolio together and I, I uh, applied to a graphic design school and I was accepted into that, that college. But I, we didn't have a lot of money. So I went to the local junior college first to get a few credit hours in. And uh, my, my parents, my dad, both my parents were educators. Uh, so in the summers, in order to make ends meet, my dad would oftentimes pick up like a side job for the summer painting or mowing lawns or, or what have you. And we were sitting one Sunday and he was reading the Columbus Dispatch uh, and looking through the one ads for, for temporary jobs. And he came across one that said, uh, t-shirt designer needed. And it didn't say anything about, uh, it was for a local retailer that did t-shirts and it didn't say anything about education. And my dad's like, you should call them and just see like, what can it hurt? So I called them and they're like, yeah, come in and interview. So I brought my portfolio in and I met with the artist, the, the lead creative director there. And, uh, the next day they called me back, gave me the job. And so, yeah, so I basically did my summer job with them totally anticipating and I had told them this like at the end of the summer I'm going off to this design school just to let you know so this is a summer job but by the time end of the summer came like in three months I learned so much I got to a point where I was helping photograph and lay out their catalog you know they, they just kept giving me opportunity after opportunity and I grew so much that at the end of the summer the guy that who eventually ended up becoming a mentor of mine he was a groomsman in my wedding years later um he said you know i just this is just a thought like i don't want to i don't i know you have plans but have you thought about maybe staying on for another year because you've learned so much and i, I it hadn't crossed my mind till he mentioned it so I, I called the college and i said you know you guys offered me a scholarship for next year are you willing to extend that another year i've got a job i'd like to kind of see how this plays out and they said absolutely and so i worked that job and then i never went 
never went to school. Um, years later, uh, they, that college invited me to come back and gave me an honorary degree at their commencement. So really, yeah, yeah. So the only degree I have is an honorary degree. That's still badass though. I was going to ask you before we officially hit record, we briefly covered on education and you said, correct me if I'm wrong, something along the lines of like, you don't always have to have it, but you're not against it. And I know one of the, especially because a lot of people listen to this show, they're in their thirties ish. So they've maybe planted themselves in a career. Maybe they're switching into something that's a more creative pursuit. And the immediate thought that comes into your mind, I know it's coming to my mind is, do I need some extra training on this? What are the prerequisites for this? Because um, maybe you feel a little bit intimidated or inadequate going into whatever field, whether it be design or something more artistic or whatever, you know, you're kind of like at that crossroad of, do I need more education right now? Or do I need to get on the job experience? You you don't plant, plant, plant in one camp or the other. You think both can be fine. How did you know you didn't need more education? How would you advise an artist or creative to know whether to go back to school or not? I, I'm one of those people who's super practical about college. Um, and I, I think, uh, I actually work with several universities. I've done branding identity projects for several universities and helped write their view books and websites and all that stuff. And I kind of roll my eyes whenever, uh, colleges put something out there that say, come find yourself. Like to me, come, the college is not a place to come find yourself. To me, college is a place you go, you get a degree so you can get a job and you can be successful. Uh, that's just was always my outlook. I, I never set out to not get a degree and figure out a way to make a path this way. I just, I, when doors open, I step through them. And when doors close, I looked for another door. And that's just kind of how my life has been. Like I've really, for the most part, never had to uh, apply for a job. I always had, you know, from that job, I had uh, a friend that worked for a video and film house that also did a bunch of interactive work that had an opening and he called me and said, Hey, you know, they just opened up this job. Why don't you come in and interview for it? And I was like, okay. And I went in and interviewed for it and they offered me the job. And then I worked that job for a little while. And then another job, someone called me, you know, so I, I never really was in a position where I ever got fired from a job. I never, I just, it was always just like, all right, one day at a time, what's next. And so you know, here I am 25, you know, years later and I kind of look up and I'm like, man, these little, little changes, these little incremental changes can take you to big places. But, you know, for me, it was never like a huge, you know, I hit this big thing in my life and all of a sudden all the doors opened up for me. It's just, I, it's yeah. just kind of a simpler way of looking at life, I suppose. And I, I like that simple way. I think that's where I'm stuck. I was literally just at lunch with my husband, Brian, and we were talking about this very thing because I'm very ambitious and I have like a lot of big goals, but also too, I'm, I'm trying to tap more into like spirituality and intuition and really listen. And like you said, paying attention to those doors that are opening and just saying yes and no. And so balancing kind of the five, 10 year plan ambition, I'm going to knock these walls down and make it happen. You know, that that side, which I think is kind of cool. And there's something to be said for that, but also to this, 
paying really close attention to what God is doing for you. And I I don't know, I'm kind of curious, Jeremy, I mean, you've, you've been successful. You've done what you set out to do. How do you kind of balance your ambition as a creative, as a designer of like, I want to make something of myself, but also to being very intentional to the whispers and the still small voice inside of you? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you, I love that your podcast covers uh, business, spirituality, and creativity. I mentioned earlier when we were talking, like those are three things that really define me in a big way. Um, I am a Christian. Um, I was raised that way. And um, I think, you know, when I say doors opened, I'm not saying that the the universe opened doors for me. I believe God opened doors for me. Um, I believe that my job uh, in my life is to act justly and uh, love mercy and walk humbly. And at, at the end of the day, like um, to just love people through my work. And so for me, uh, when it comes to ambition, like I never really wanted to own my own business. Like it really? wasn't even something. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the last job I had, which was, you know, which ended 12 years ago, I thought I was going to retire at that job. Really? Like I thought, yep. Why do you yeah, leave? Yeah, it was, uh, well, I didn't leave. The agency closed abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that door closing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That door closed and I basically found out on a Saturday that I was out of a job on a Wednesday. And did you have your family at this point? I'm sure you did. Oh yeah. 12 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a mortgage payment, a stay at home mom for a wife, uh, who was, uh, you know, have, have two kids and all of our benefits, everything just like (sighs) disappeared in four days. That's real. So Yeah. Uh, and I, I went through, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I was rocking back and forth in the corner, uh, you know, completely freaked out about the whole thing. So it, my wife is about the most supportive person I've ever met. And she basically, it really encouraged me to, to, to just do my thing. And I, I went and had lots of job interviews and every time I'd go into a job interview, I felt like someone had put a 45 pound kettlebell on my chest. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know, and and I would interview with these people and I would ask questions like, what does a full-time work week look like? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what does full-time mean to you? And I would get this look across the table like, aren't you the guy that just lost his job? And now you're here looking for another, why are you asking me these questions? And I look right back and I would say, I'm asking you these questions because if you hire me and then you expect me to work 60 hours a week, you're not going to get a lot of creativity out of me and I'm just going to be bummed and I'm not, and I'm not going to be fun to work with. And I'd rather you guys find that out now because it's really expensive to onboard people. I get it. And I just, I'd rather not waste your time or mine (laughs) by me accepting a job that's just not going to last long. So meanwhile, because the agency that I was with closed, and I had a long track record working with several of those clients, I just reached out to all those clients. And I was like, Hey, I've got all the files from our work. I we can continue to work together. And not only that, I just uh, cut my hourly rate from $150 an hour to $100 an hour. And they were thrilled. So, so I just basically uh, worked from a annex of our bedroom for four years, just saying, God, is this what you want for me? Like, is this the direction you have for me? Just constantly saying like, if, if a door opens, I'll walk through it. If a door closes, I'll look for another door. This is a tactical question. Um, but yeah. I know a lot of people listening deal with is, you know, when you're doing those creative projects, whatever it is, balancing 
kind of your client load with also to growing and expanding your business because you know you're working in your business versus on it. So seeking new opportunities, growing your brand versus getting client work done. How did you balance that with your family and also staying creatively filled? Yeah, that's a great question. Hard part. It is. I think it also comes back to what your expectations are. You know, um, I've been, I've been busy. I've had plenty of work. Uh, you know, I think it's that first four or five years of being out on your own. That's nerve wracking, especially the first few years Mm -hmm. when, uh, you know, I don't do any retainer projects. So I don't have any clients that are on the hook to pay me anything any month. I work per project and I've done that for 12 years and I prefer it that way. Um, the, the, you know, some people like to have the sure thing. Like I know, at least I know next month, uh, because of the retainer, I'm going to make X number of dollars. Tell me your reasoning behind that. If you don't mind, like what's the pro con to that? Um, I have yet to see a retainer situation where both the client and the creative feel mutually satisfied at the end of it. I feel like the, I hear creatives a lot of times say like, oh, they signed they signed us to do this thing for 10 hours a week, but it ended up taking 14. But I just can't tell them because I don't want to, I don't want to scare them away and I want to re-sign for next year. And then I've, I've heard people that are on the client side that say like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting out of them what I thought I was going to get out of them. I just, for me, I think it just makes more sense. Like there aren't many things in life we do that with, you know, like if I go to store and I buy something, there's a price tag on it and I want to buy it. I pay the price tag. I get that thing. And so for me, I would rather work with someone that says you need an eight page brochure or you need a brand identity and a logo package. Let's define the project. It's going to cost this many dollars. And then nobody feels away like they walked away being taken advantage of. Um, so that's just the way I choose to do business. Uh, I also, the other thing I'm not a big fan about with retainers is I don't ever want anyone to feel beholden to work with me beyond whatever we happen to be working with at the time. We should be having a good enough relationship that, that you can't wait to work with me again. Right. I don't, I don't feel like there should be a piece of paper that says that you have to work with me again. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the other thing. It's just more the way I like to do work. I, I, if, if, and I mean, in 20 some years of working, of course I've, I've had clients where whether it's personality or, you know, what have you, expectations didn't match up. And at that point, I'm, there's lots of other people that do what I do that might work better for you. So I don't, I don't take that personally. Um, but, but the last thing I would want to do is tie you into a one year <laughs> uh, project uh, requirement with me if, if we're not a good fit for each other. So, Yeah. My perception for the past 30 minutes talking to you, Jeremy, you seem very just secure in who you are and what you want to do in this world and what you want to create and what your business is and what it isn't. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I think the first, you know, few years of figuring that out, it's such a like kind of treading water where you're like, there's almost this, I deeply feel called to do X and this is what I want to create in the world, but also to, especially a little bit later in life, because people listening are you know, <laughs> a little bit later on in life where there's also to this pressure of, I want to make this work. And so figuring out kind of the balance of expression and being true to your higher calling and what you've been put on this earth to do. And also to figuring out a way for it to work. You seem super secure and like you've kind of figured it out over the past 12 years of like who you are, what you're not, 
Um, any tips, advice on those who maybe aren't to that point yet? Yeah, I think that's a bit of an overstatement. Um, if I come across too secure, <laughs> you don't I'm seem nervous always, to me. <laughs> oh no, I, I I feel like that took a long time. If you ask my wife, I mean, she and I love to walk together. We we walk every day. That's um, awesome. It's our way to get away from the kids and to to have you know conversation with each other. And um, I had, I mean, she could tell you about the years that she patiently listened to me while I talked about how freaked out I was. I used to check my bank account to make sure we had enough money coming in. I used to check, I used to check the website to see how many hits I got on a on a normal day. Like I got really nervous about all of that stuff, and it it took it was a growth process for me. I have not arrived. Um, you know, when things get slow, I panic. Uh, when things get overly busy, I panic. Uh, so you know, far be it for me to paint a picture of a perfect life. I. Uh, I, I love my life, but I don't expect it to be perfect. Um, I will say that I'm one of those people who I've had to learn some lessons the hard way. I've had to learn that, uh, the way I want things to be, isn't necessarily the way God wants things to be for me, or I, the way that, that I want things to be or the way that they should be for me or that that that's my, my calling or my purpose. So I've had times when I've gone through, I mean, I remember talking with my pastor a few years ago and I went to him and I said, man, I just feel like all I do is make pretty pictures and I don't feel like it impacts the world. You know, well, like, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. And, and he said something I'll never forget. He said, you know, I read an article the other day about one of your clients. She's a, a, a pretzel company, soft pretzel company here in Columbus. And she was in like business first or, or one of those. And it talked about how, uh, over the last couple of years, she's been able to expand her business and hire more people. And he said, you know, you worked on her brand identity with her. Like you cared enough for her to work with her and create a brand identity that was representative of her values and her business. And because of that, um, and obviously her hard work and great product, she's been able to expand her business. She's been able to hire other people. He's like, Jeremy, the work that you did for her because you loved her through the work you did for her allowed her to employ people who now have benefits that didn't otherwise have benefits. It like hit me like a ton of bricks. What I've learned is there's no higher calling that we have than the thing that we were designed to do. Come on. And, and sometimes people... You know, I, I, you've, you grew up in the church, I believe. I've I been in the church. And I think there's a time, there's a, a way that we oftentimes like hyper-spiritualize church leadership or what have you and think that, you know, somebody because they're a pastor has a higher calling than someone else who's in their church. I don't think it's a higher calling. I think it's, I think it's they're doing what God made them to do. And I think that if you are a baker, if you are a, a coach or a teacher, if you're a creative person, there's nothing, there's no higher calling for you than to do the thing that God made you to do. Yeah. Um, and that I think is probably what you're hearing mostly from me is, you know, I've had times of doubt. I've had times where I've really struggled with that and feel like what I have to offer is insignificant. But it's moments like that when I hear someone say something like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Yep, you're right. Uh, and so 
I've really pivoted to this concept of loving people through my work. If you're a, if you give out mortgage loans, you know, you're working with a young couple that's never taken out a mortgage loan and they've, and they're overwhelmed with the paperwork. And I mean, I, I, there's nothing more stressful to me than the times that I've gone through uh, signing paperwork for a mortgage. I don't know how many times you've done that before, but it's, it's, it's horrible. But being willing to comfort somebody in that situation, say, hey, I got your back. We're going to do this. Let me make sure you have all the information. Let's make sure everything's good. So this is the least stressful possible you know, situation. That's loving somebody through your work. That's using 100%. what you do as an opportunity and a vehicle to love somebody. And I think if you're a used car salesman, you might tell someone, this is not the car for you. I, mm -hmm. I, or, or even, or even to say like, uh, you know, we ran, we ran your, your, uh, financial numbers and it's, it, even though it's telling you, you qualify for this loan, I don't think it's in your best interest to do this. Let me, let me show you something else that I think is a wiser choice for you so that you're not saddled with debt for the, for the next five yeah. years. Like there's ways to love people no matter what you do. And that is to just always do your best for them and let God take care of the rest. I'm curious to know, and this is a super deep question, but just kind of your evolution of seeing, like understanding God and spirituality through your creative work. I resonate so much with what you're saying, Jeremy. We produced probably two, three hundred shows before I really felt in my soul like that, at least in this season of my life, that I, I want to direct this towards artists and creatives. And my initial instinct was like exactly what you're saying. Cause I love photography and storytelling mm -hmm. and media and all of that. And I'm like, that's not making an impact. That's not making a difference. That's just creating noise and all of that. But, you know, tapping into that side of myself, I start hearing like these whispers of God, right? And these, these things that I, um, maybe it was blocking before is probably there just blocking and you know through the creative process and really tapping into that side of myself i feel like i'm learning more another side of god and what mm. what i was created to do in this world and you know leader is a heavy word <laughs> unconventional leaders but i'm leaving mm -hmm. it in because i want creatives to know that what they're mm -hmm. doing is leadership yeah. um and i just from your perspective doing this so many years being a faith-based person all of that what have you learned about God, creativity, leadership, kind of your higher calling through your art? Yeah. I, I love that if I open up a Bible and I turn to Genesis 1-1, the first thing I read is, in the beginning, God created. And to me, that's, that's like, that's, yeah. to me, that is what, that's like the start of everything. And then if you read a little bit further, you find out that God created man in his own image. He made him to be a co-creator with him. And he said, this is this beautiful place. I made it for you and I want you to take care of it. I want you to like, uh, manage it for me. You know, I, I, I picture this garden. I picture this place that, uh, where, where we had the opportunity to do, to just be creative all day long to co-create. Um, and, and I, I love that even before, and you know, I don't want to get too deep into theology because I know that's not what this is all about, but even, you know, even before the fall of man, um, God's purpose for man was to work like, we weren't supposed to just sit sit around on lounge chairs. Uh, I've I've heard pastors and and others people talk about how work is a result of sin, and I don't believe that for a minute. Um, we're supposed to be co-creators with God. We're supposed to work and be in His image. What did God choose to do with His time? He could have done anything He wanted. He decided to work. He decided to make something, and I think it brings Him incredible joy 
that his creation follows in his footsteps and continues to create and brings beauty into the world. Um, one of the things I just think is so awesome about God is uh, I kind of think about it as like a sandbox. Like he gave us this really awesome sandbox to play in. And he planted things in this sandbox that he didn't tell us about, but he let us discover. You know, at some point in time, someone figured out that if you, you know, had, I'm, I'm going to sound like a total dum-dum here, but like, he, you know, you, you, that these two rocks, like these two metal rocks, they like stick together. Why do these metal rocks stick together when you touch them next to each other? Well, they're magnets. Well, what happens if you wrap coil wire around these magnets and put them inside between another two magnets? Well, they spin around. Well, what's that all about? You know, and, and giving us the opportunity to like explore the deepest parts of the ocean and, and learn and create, uh, finding out that different elements when they're combined together can heal, they can produce energy, they can do all these things. But, you know, none of that stuff's found in the Bible. None of that stuff is found where God is like telling us this stuff. It's, it's God allowed us to kind of discover and grow and find these cool things. Uh, it's led to modern medicine. It's allowed us to put, you know, people on the moon. Uh, and I think it brings God great joy, not only that we, we create, but that we explore. Um, you know, he, mankind has been far from perfect. Uh, but I am, I just, that brings me so much joy. It brings me so much joy to just be able to say that I'm made in the image of the creator and it brings him great joy that I create. Will you and your wife start a creative church so I can go to it? <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> so good. Two quick questions. I know we're already over time. I knew I'd go over with you. Number one, we have a, a, a segment on our show called Unsung Hero. So total left field, but thinking throughout your life, someone who was not famous, not well known, not rich, not whatever, who said or did something that impacted your life and no one would necessarily ever know their name or the impact that they made on you. You're to look back. I'm sure there's many, but if there's one person who sticks out in your head who said or did something that greatly moved you, made an impact on your life, who would you say is your unsung hero? I would be remiss if I said anybody other than my dad. Watching him with his career, uh, watching him, I, I think the reason that loving people through my work resonates so much with me is because I watched my dad do that through his whole career. He was a he was a teacher and a basketball coach at the college level, at the high school level. Um, and basketball was never about winning. It was never about putting more points on the board than the other team. But it was about teaching kids how to work together as a team, how to find their strengths, and how to to build character. And and that to me is like you know, it's so easy. I think sometimes for us to put goals in our mind. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have a winning season. I'm gonna. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It really depends on what success means to you. Does 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 success and fulfillment mean to you that you own a big company, that you have a bunch of employees, that you make you know six figures, that you break a million dollars next year, or ten million dollars, or or whatever, like if those are the goals you have for yourself, you may achieve them and you may not. But if your goal is to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to impact people's lives and I'm going to help them build character because it's going to make them better people, better fathers and better leaders for, for the world, then, then that's my goal. You're never going to be, you're never going to feel uh, like, like you missed the mark if that's your goal. Now, listen, I have one more question for Jeremy, but I wanted to give him a big shout out and thank you for coming on today's show. Make sure, again, you connect with him at slagledesign.com. He works with a variety of businesses, 
has a podcast doing some really awesome stuff. So again, check that out. It is linked in the show notes. Before I ask my final question, I just want to let you know that I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. It is at Tether Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. Send me a DM. Let me know your takeaway from today's conversation. Just say hi. I just want to say hi to you. Love you guys so much. I'm in your corner signing us off. I asked Jeremy, is there anything left that he wanted to say to a group of wildly ambitious, creative, unconventional leaders? I would say just, I hate, I hate it when people say follow your passion. I think that's like one of the worst things you can tell somebody. Uh, and for lots of reasons that we could talk about that another time, because uh, I'm not sure I understand the definition of passion and that everybody has the same definition of passion. But what I would say is take it a moment at a time. Can just do what you do for the love of what you do. Uh, and sometimes a side hustle, sometimes whatever you're doing ends up becoming that job. And sometimes it ends up being something you do on the side, but you have a full, you carry a full-time job doing something else. But, you know, be intentional about it. I've, I've met many people who have felt like they were able to start that business that they always wanted. And then they find out it's not at all what they expected it to be. And they, they don't get out of it For what sure. they hope to. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, take it one day at a time. Trust God that he's going to open up doors for you and close doors when you need it. And just be diligent and, and love people through whatever it is. Every day when you have an opportunity to do your job, I mean, if it's the person that's bagging your groceries or, uh, you know, the, the person who's in front of you at the stoplight that's, that's not paying attention and they're on their smartphone when the light turned green, like make this world a better place by, by loving people. And I think that just takes you a long way, whether it's in your career, uh, in your personal relationships, whatever it happens to be. Uh, but I think that's, I think that's just sound advice for a business person, you know, take incremental moves and, and always have a, 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 try to have a heart of gratitude for where you are. And I think that that makes a, a big difference. So 